So our next session, um, something that we're really fortunate to have at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center is a patient safety training center with simulated learning. Um, and we have a group of trained actors called standardized patients that can be used to help demonstrate um, different tasks that we want to learn how to do better. So today we have a standardized patient with us, Nancy Nesbitt, and she'll be playing Ethel, who is um, the daughter of a, Esther, I'm sorry, Esther, um, who will be playing the daughter of a resident um, at a long-term care facility. And she will be um, completing a role play with two people from Kendall at Hanover that has a memory care unit, um, Brenda Jordan, who's the nurse practitioner there, and Gretchen Cole, who's the activity director and administrator at the memory care unit. So we'll take a little time um, for you to watch the demonstration of them having a conversation about, the, about Esther's family member, and then we'll have a little time to discuss after um, and to take your questions and ideas. And Nancy's the professional. <laughs> but you should clarify that I'm the wife. Um, Nancy is actually playing Esther the wife. Not the daughter. So we'll get started if we can get up here on the stage. I hope, can everybody <laughs> hear me? Is this mic on? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Hi, Esther. Hi. Um, I'm glad that you, you called Brenda and I. What, what would you like to talk to us about today? It's kind of hard to talk about, but when we met a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this ginger thing that's happening. Yes. I'm really upset about it. I know that you tried to let me understand that it was a natural thing and that I should think about letting it happen but I don't really think I can I, I just I'm having a hard time with it it's really upsetting me what kinds of things have you been thinking about I just I can't just let Fred be with another woman it just it just doesn't feel right to me I, I I'm not I'm not comfortable with it. It just, it just feels wrong. It feels, I don't know, it feels like he's committing adultery and I just, I just can't let it happen. I don't know what to do. I know, I know it gets physically difficult when you, when you try to keep him away, but I just, you know, I just can't do it. I just can't let him do that and be okay with it. When you're with him, do you feel like he still recognizes you and wants to be with you? Not all the time, but sometimes, and that's part of why it's hard just to step back and say, go with Ginger. I mean, that just seems like we've been married for almost 60 years. I just can't let him do that. You've done a, a, an amazing job of trying so hard. I've seen you. Um, when he invites her to have lunch with the two of you. It's so, it hurts so yeah. much. What can we do to help you? Is there any way that, that I can still be there for him? We certainly want you to be with him. Absolutely. 
I don't know how the logistics of it might work, but you know, I feel horrible that I can't care for him anymore. I, you know, I was sick last summer and I just couldn't do it after that, but you know, I'm, I'm still his wife and although we've had some rocky times in the past, I still can be there for him if there can be a way to do that. So Esther, um, I want you to know that we fully support you um, and understand how difficult so and um, challenging this has been. So when I talk with the staff in the memory care unit, um, we're going to try to come up with some different alternatives. And, but I do want you to understand that it's, it's going to be a work in process. It's going to be challenging yeah. because Fred and Ginger have developed a relationship. Hurts. Um, yeah, and as you as you're well aware, when we have tried to separate them in the past, he, he gets feisty. He, he gets very physically yeah. aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to do our best and continue to to talk. I want you to come and talk to me or Brenda um, as we're we're going along with this and let us know how we can be supporting you. We want you to be able to be with Fred. Yeah, I we mean, want if, you to be able if to be I can him. be there for him, maybe we can m move Ginger out of the picture. I mean, I just, I think it's no really matter. hard to see. Yeah. It's really, I mean, just because his mind isn't all there doesn't mean that I'm just ready to give him to someone else. Mm -hmm. That just, just seems really wrong to me. And I'm sure Gretchen with the staff can figure out ways that you can be with Fred when Ginger's not around. Yeah. And I don't know what to do when, when they want to be together. I don't, I mean, I don't know what you guys can do, but if you can keep them apart, I think it would be better. I think that that's what we're going to try to do. Um, as I said, it's, it's going to be a work in progress just because they are so accustomed to spending yeah. time together and, and you've even spent time together with the two of them, yeah. we're going to have to work on breaking that pattern. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess, I, yeah, it'll be hard, but I don't know, I don't know, I just, I don't know how else, I just can't let it happen anymore. We'll work on it together. That's good, thank you. I think we want to support you and we want to support Fred. And, and does she have any, family that would be involved that would have an opinion about it? Um, she does have family um, and they are aware aware of it um, but they obviously don't live close mm. they're certainly not a married spouse okay. it's just her children. All right yeah that makes a difference I'm sure I don't know I don't know what my kids would say <laughs> You haven't spoken to them about no, it? No, I don't want them to know about it unless it's absolutely necessary. And if we can move back from it, I'd just as soon not have them ever have to know. So while we're working on this, then it would be really important for me to know when your children are coming to visit. Because if you're not with them, right and they come into the memory care yeah. center, 
they may see yeah, something. That's true. Well, I'll, I usually am with them when they come. Okay. I mean, they usually come to see me and then we walk over there together. So I think we can keep that. It would still be helpful? Yeah, if, no, If you no, tell me when they're yeah, coming. No, I yeah. would for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't think they'd ever sort of come in without my knowing, so that's good. But it's hard, it's just this whole thing is, oh, it's just really hard. <laughs> well, I think right from the beginning, when you were still fairly ill mm -hmm. and found out about this, you, um, I think you were very interested in what was best for Fred. Yeah. And now... I guess I've come further in my recovery and I guess that's made me think a little about it a little differently. I think you're feeling better yeah. and thinking yeah. about it again yeah. and having second yeah. thoughts. Yeah, and I feel, I feel bad that I can't care for him as I did before. Um, and so I think this is one way that I can continue to care for him even though we're not in the same apartment anymore. It's very understandable. I can't do all the physical care like bathing and so on, but this is something I think I can still do if we can work it out. I think we'll plan to meet in a couple of days and talk about how to move the plan forward. Okay, that sounds good. Until we meet again, though, you make sure and, and call me. I will, um, I will. If you have any questions, and yeah. I will begin the process of talking with the staff. Okay, that's great. Thank you both so much. I feel better. Good. Thank you for coming to talk to us. At this point, <laughs> after we let Nancy recover. <laughs> Didn't she do a great job? <laughs> I told you she was the pro. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk a little bit to each other and to you about how this feels. Um, and certainly want you to ask us questions. Um, I'll start, it's hard to listen <laughs> to somebody suffer like that and not feel very sad not feel very much that <laughs> you want to you want to do everything you can right I think um, and I'll just tell you the the point of a being a staff person and an administrator um, my first thought was oh my goodness you know how am I gonna stop this now um, and how am I gonna go and tell my staff you know what has been okay um, is now not okay um, knowing that we have extreme challenges with physical aggression when we've we've tried in the past of separating um, these two people well it's a hard role to play fortunately it's not real for me <laughs> but um, you know I think the support that you obviously provide is key and if it I really were in this position hopefully who knows that will never happen I said to my I told my husband this morning what I was going to go off to do and he kind of rolled his eyes <laughs> so uh, you know I think I think you seem to have a handle on how to deal with me as the spouse and you know hopefully with the staff and and uh, work through this 
because I'm sure it's a real issue. It's hard. I was so moved. I really was. Because, well, because also, you know, just a, checking with myself, you know, my own gut feelings about, you know, betrayal in a marriage. And, you know, many of us have had experiences like that. So I wonder about, you know, staff feelings coming into a situation. Yeah, that's a good huge. point. Yeah. And, um, wow. I just, wow, was all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was really thought provoking. You, you personalize the spouse, too, because I will tell you, as a staff member, <clears throat> you see Ginger and him together, and you say to yourself, what's wrong with that? Yeah. They're both enjoying each other's company. But then to hear the pain, your story the pain that, on top yeah, of that really yeah. does create that yeah. confusion yeah. of where you advocate. Yeah. And it, it really is different because two, two residents who are not married having a romance relationship is entirely different than one of them being married. Yes. I'm wondering, um, to me, I, I just have to give my own point here, is that I don't really know what Esther is willing to do. Now, neither of you mentioned sex. I think it was implied, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. She was ill. She obviously stepped back. Maybe they were living together in another part of the facility. Let's talk about Kendall. So maybe they were living in Kendall in their apartment, and then he's moved to the memory care unit. She's ill. Mm -hmm. She comes to Dartmouth, has treatment. Now she's back. But in the meantime, time has passed. Is she willing to find ways to pleasure him physically? Is anybody going to talk about that? I think that's what we don't talk about. Well, that's true. That's part part of the backstory that we gave Nancy, and she, we didn't get into it explicitly, is this this couple had had a very active, intimate sexual relationship right up until the time she got sick. So it ended for both of them very suddenly. Um, and I'm sure it is confusing for both of them. So yeah, I think it's really important to talk about those things, to find out exactly what the losses are for both of them. I almost, and I, we hadn't talked about it ahead of time, but I almost, as Esther, said something like, is it possible that Fred could come back to our apartment sometimes in the evening so we could be alone together? Um, but I didn't know if that was okay to say. We should have touched base about that ahead of time. And I don't know if that's a possibility or whether he just isn't allowed out of that. No, no, no. no that, I that's didn't think so. always a possibility. And um, I think that you have a, you have a great... Uh, great thought there. One of the challenges, though, with working with people who have dementia is that even if Esther took Fred back to the apartment and they had that type of a relationship and a bond, is that with his dementia, he's not necessarily going to remember that yeah. and is going to still seek out this other resident. Um, so um, even if that, that pattern is developed, depending upon the, the individual, it can still be a challenge. Yes. I was thinking as you were talking is maybe she doesn't know herself yet because she's in a very different place physically and maybe emotionally and all of that. But my 
observation is that the three of you were awesome. <laughs> Clearly, very, very skilled at communication and at listening These and two understanding. Oh, <laughs> you know, we're all wonderful. My question is, what if she had not been as compliant for lack of a better word, what if she had had come in and said, I want you to stop that now. I want you to remove that floozy to someplace else so she can't be around my friend. And uh, if you don't, I'm going to see you, blah, blah, blah. We could anyway, do that, you too. Do that scenario. And how do you speak to people who are being really kind of unreasonable? That could very easily happen in this scenario in two weeks when we meet, you know, we've met again and we meet again and we still have not been able to stop the relationship. Um, and that, again, is where we just try to continue with communication. The, the staff all work together. You know, we try hard to think of different ways of, you know, making sure that they're not seated together or having um, in the dining room, making sure that one person is seated at this table with their back to the open area of the dining room so that they don't see the other person coming in so we can sit that other person at the dining room table. It's, it can really become um, very, very task-oriented. And it takes a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. It takes a lot of attention from the staff um, in order to make that succeed. And then if we don't, um, let's just say that I am working with a resident and the one nurse is passing out pills and another per nurse is in helping somebody in the bathtub. We don't see those two residents getting together, but Esther comes onto the unit and sees them. And why haven't we stopped that? And I think, you know, it's also being very careful in, in talking with families about not promising things we can't deliver. I think the other part of it is, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner. I got involved with this because Esther is my patient. I've been taking care of her because she has pneumonia. I am quickly going to enlist the assistance of the very capable social work staff to, to help Esther kind of sort out everything that's going on with her right now. You know, the, Esther's a person I've known, but she needs a kind of help that I really can't offer her right now. So again, it goes back to that, um, and I learned recently it's called an interprofessional team now. Um, it's so important, and you know, we absolutely depend on you know, our social work staff, our nursing staff, you know, the medical staff is asked to do some things sometimes. Sometimes we just fall into it because it happens. But I would absolutely connect Esther with um, one of our social workers and make sure Esther is getting the kind of support she needs. Well, and especially when they call, you know, they call each other by, you know, spousal names, yeah. which we yeah. see happening a lot. Yeah. A yes. Um, the problem I see uh, would be, so Fred doesn't, really 
visiting. It would be a trauma to both of them uh, for him to go back to the apartment, which he may not remember. I don't know how recently he's been there. He may not remember that. And he may have trouble reintegrating back. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Esther whose emotions have to be dealt with. It's his now. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's a whole other piece of this. Well, we are dealing with two people, two people who feel differently about a similar situation, and it's tricky business. Yes. My, my concern was that it's, there seemed to be an expectation that was set that it would, that this relationship would be ended, and I think there's going to be some um, disappointment in that. And is this in everybody's best interest? I think Esther is really for. Um, I think her. Comments about promising to be able to end the relationship when that may not be what happens. And I think that's why um, I tried to say that it's a work in progress. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we would meet. That's why Brenda said we, we didn't wait for two weeks. We met within two days um, and really kept the lines of communication open. I mean, you're absolutely right. We have three people who have some rights. And how do, how do you meet the needs of all three? Yes. What do you, how would things change? I mean, what do you think about it from a legal standpoint? If Esther is the uh, active, durable power of attorney, Fred does not have, uh, has been deemed not to have decision-making capacity regarding health care or finances. Um, and he's been someone who's been involved in this marriage for 60 years um, and has had a lifelong pattern of being very committed to that and, and then has this illness uh, where he, he's got a pair of judgment and now um, I guess would it would it change your perspective um, from like a legal or risk management standpoint if Esther says uh, you know she's been the active durable power attorney and she says I do not want them having any 
great point. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happens. In our memory care center, when people are admitted, um, their, their durable power of attorney is automatically activated. Um, so it, it's a great question. If you can't make decisions on your own health care without assistance, how can you make a decision um, in regards to a relationship? And I mean, clearly, legally, Esther holds a powerful hand. Um, and it is the balancing act of um, she's not the only one we're trying to take care of. And I think it gets back to, to what we were talking about earlier. Does Esther, uh, if she isn't, maybe be a part of a uh, support group where she can meet with other wives or husbands facing the same thing? And I think this is why we go to our, our social work folks who can help her access those kinds of things. Yes, you in the back. Yes. Yes. No, Fred knows that Esther is his wife uh -huh. when Esther is there, but has has. Um, the uh, ginger resembles Esther in certain ways, and ginger is very receptive to having a relationship, and so therefore is um, encouraging that. And Fred calls ginger yeah, Esther. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, ginger has dementia as well. Nope, she knows that Fred is Fred. Okay. Yes. Yes. Being said, how successful are you in weeding this out? Boy, that's a good question. I would. I would. It's say, a work in progress. <laughs> well, is. let's just put it this way: this little scenario happened yes. a year ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago. Time flies when you're. <laughs> Um, this, I would say, was the, the most challenging that my staff and I have, have worked with. Um, because even though we're talking about rights, we're talking about, um, you know, needs and, and of both Esther and Fred, you also have to understand the challenge that the staff have um, of trying to redirect somebody who doesn't want to be redirected and is willing to hit you with their cane or punch you. Um, when you're trying to do what the wife wants um, or you're just simply trying to separate them so you can provide care for one of them one of them's been incontinent and needs care but they don't they feel like they're being separated so um, you you just don't forget that part of the picture of what the the frontline staff have to work with as well um, because I think that that was really, um, it got scary at certain times. I have one of my staff here and she's nodding. Um, it did get scary at times for us and we had to really work together hard as a team um, to try to support um, this married couple and then also support Ginger. Yes. Work in progress. All I can say is I think it's worked out about as well as it could. Yeah. Um, Esther and Fred still have a relationship. Um, 
Ginger and Fred's relationship has like distanced over time. Their um, dementia has changed. Their dementia has changed them, so they have um, they don't have the same relationship anymore. Um, and sometimes that's our solace is kind of waiting until things change to kind of decompress really difficult situations. And that's easy for us. It's not easy for Esther. No, it's, not. It's, not, it's never easy for the family. Yes? Another thing is we're in the in the community that we're in, um, we are one big community, so it trickles down. Um, Esther is going to tell her friend Barbara what is going on. Well, Barbara certainly isn't putting her husband in the memory care center because she's not going to have that happen. So there's so many other dynamics that happen, um, and you've all had great, great suggestions and, and comments. Thank you. Yes? One other member of the interprofessional team um, that we haven't talked about that might possibly be helpful is pastoral care. Mm -hmm. so asking her if she has any kind of a faith tradition and perhaps she has a relationship with a pastor who could talk to her. I mean, we don't know. Maybe she thinks that she's allowing Fred to commit a large sin, and, you know, sometimes it's worth a shot. That's an excellent thought. I think in the interest of time, we can probably take one more question, and then, yeah. Again, um, it's just a, a moment in time here. We actually did have that conversation with Esther, and that's when she first came to the decision that it was okay. That's why I said initially, I'm really not okay with it, um, after all. Because, I thought it could be, but I'm not. Yeah, because um, 
we saw that and knew that Esther was going to see that when she was visiting. So that's really how the, the discussion came up to begin with. And subsequently, she changed her mind. And um, Brenda and I were supporting her in, in what she was feeling. And certainly, we would want to go back and revisit that again. But I think at the time when someone's in the kind of distress she was just now, um, you, you have to support her. I mean, it would be, it would be unnatural not to. 